Father, I thank you, God, that we are not alone. <laughs> that in the chapter that we're looking at today, you actually promise that we will never be orphans, that you will not leave us alone, but that even though you left to go to heaven, Jesus, we are not alone, that you are with us and in us. And I thank you, God, in Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord your God will fight for you. The Lord your God will fight for you. All you have to do is be still. So Father, I thank you, God, that you fight for us and that you move and that you are in this place and in this space. So God, I thank you that everyone is here for a reason. Have your way tonight, God. You are welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. Make us more aware of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Can we give the worship band a round of applause, please? What's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Ryan, and I'm blessed to be one of the leaders here. And uh, man, we uh, sometimes when it rains, it pours. We have like eight things go wrong literally 10 minutes before the service started. So thank you for your patience out there. And I know it's a little hot in, hot in here. I almost wrapped a little bit of a Nelly song, but I caught myself. So good job, Ryan. Um, <laughs> woo! Um, here we go. It's been a while. Back on, the, back on the saddle. Um, man, thank you for coming out tonight. Can I just, can I, uh, I don't do this all the time, but I wanted to tonight. Um, can you raise your hand if this is your first time here? Yeah? Wow. Man. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having the courage to come out. Can I, let me ask one more question. Is anyone here because they met us on the quad handing out, like, cards? Yes? Woo! Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having the courage to come. So yesterday, like 10 of us went out and ha handed out water bottles and Alive cards and prayed for people on the quad, and it was awesome. And, uh, you know, it's in a weird way, it's kind of fun to get rejected. But I had this, uh, I mean, you know, she's cute because she's my sister, but Lauren was with me praying for people, so we didn't get rejected much because <laughs> all the guys thought she was cute, so it worked. <laughs> so uh, I found my, you know, trick. But next time, it'll be maybe a little puppy dog or something. Trev, I told you to come, but, you know. <laughs> Man, so thank you so much for coming out. Again, my name is Ryan Otto. I'm the pastor uh, here with Alive. We're from the Vineyard Church down the road. Um, man, where's Abby? Abby, where you at? Man, was that an amazing testimony? Just give her a round of applause. I texted her like an hour ago. and was like, hey, you want to share a testimony about the conference? And I actually didn't expect her to say yes, but she was like, sure. And, uh, man, just that's awesome. 
So we are going through the book of John this semester, and we're looking at this question, why do we believe? And we're going through the book of John, looking at the different miracles of Jesus. You know, and, and guys, like, even tonight as we talk, we kind of have this slogan, or I kind of have this slogan, um, maybe it's rubbed off on a couple, but, like, the slogan says, real recognizes real. And something that I always pray for my own life and for, for alive is that we're a real, genuine ministry, that people don't come here, that we don't have any agenda, just to, just to love you guys, to inspire you guys, and let you know that God has an amazing call and plan for each and every one of, you, every one of your lives. And we have this other slogan that says, you are alive for such a time as this. And I believe that, and we believe that. And kind of the heartbeat of alive is to help you know that God has a plan for your life, that you're here for such a time as this. And I promise if you let him, he'll amaze you. So we're looking at this question, why do we believe, right? We don't want to just believe because some weird guy like me talks and tells you to believe, or a book wrote, wrote in 2,000 years ago tells you to believe. We want to believe because we've experienced God, and we know that he's real because he's real because he's real. And um, as we look at um, John chapter 14 tonight, we've been looking at the different miracles from Jesus raising people from the dead, from, from him walking on water and healing the blind. But honestly, this might be my favorite miracle in John. And it, it's not even known as one of the seven great miracles, but it's the miracle of him sending us the comforter and our source of hope and strength. It's a miracle about him leaving and sending us the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of, a lot of churches um, kind of is a little scared of the Holy Spirit. I know I was. I got saved at a, at a kind of a, a very large seeker church, and they, they love the word, and the word is good. I love the word too. But man, there, as I went there and I got saved, um, later in my life, I experienced God's presence, and I didn't know what that was before. And it honestly went from like colorblind to seeing colors. So as, as we talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, I just want to say, and he is my best friend. He's, he's not someone that you need to be scared of. I know some, some people take it out of line. Just, I use this analogy all the time. I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. If they're, man, it's, I forgot it's Bear Country. All right, I can't say the other fan. I'm a Ohio State fan. That might be worse. Um, what is a fan that you guys would like? Um, a USA fan, right? USA. Woo, you guys are all Americans. Uh, I hope. Maybe, maybe not, but we're all Christians. All right, so uh, maybe not either. We're all people, yes. Human, human rights, woo. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, uh, so let's go back to the Green Bay Packer analogy because I don't know how that would work. But so let's say there's some crazy Green Bay Packer fan, right, and he's just overboard, he's freaking obnoxious. It doesn't mean every Green Bay Packer fan is like that, right? So some people take things too far, but don't let that taint you, who the Holy Spirit is and the power and life that he has in each of our lives. So I want to ask you this before we look at the text. When you guys go through hard times, when you're struggling what is the source of comfort and hope that you go to? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a family, family member. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe if you're like me, love, love movies and love music, and those are, those are all amazing things. But you ever, have you ever thought, what is the source of inspiration? So, of course, I got to talk about football. But, man, in high school, even before I was really a believer, man, when our, when our coach would, you know, give pregame speeches and, or my buddies would come up to me and, you know, look me in the eye and we'd just, like, unite as brothers and you get chills all over. It's like, I look back and I'm like, without even knowing it, that was God's spirit. I believe the true source of inspiration comes from God's Holy Spirit and life living within us. So as we look at John 4, we're going to be reading in the NIV and we're going to start 
right, John 14, not John 4. Um, and it says this, the word of the Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I'm going there to prepare, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the place, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And I, I'm going to kind of talk a lot, kind of be all over the place a little bit tonight in John 14, but I wanted to start off with this, that the main miracle to set up the Holy Spirit coming back is that Jesus left. So imagine this, you're one of the disciples, you've lived with him for probably about two, two and a half years straight now, you left your family, you left your job, you've left your home, and you literally have been just traveling all over. And Jesus starts talking to you and starts foreshadowing that maybe one day he might be leaving. And, and put it in context, if you're one of the disciples, you thought that he is the Messiah. You thought that he came to, to change the world. I mean, two of, them, two of the disciples even asked, hey, when you're king and your kingdom is built, can we be your two right-hand men? And suddenly Jesus flips the lid on them and he says, soon I will be leaving. But take heart, don't be discouraged. Because where I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I just want to say, like, before we go any further, guys, that this is our hope. This is our comfort. One day, this world, our lives will end. And I'm, and I'm not trying to scare you. I think we all know that. I want to live for a long time. I'm not saying I want to die yet. But the hope is that our story is never over. And our story is never over because his story is never over. And even when this life ends, our stories live on. They live on in the legacy of the life that we have lived, the people that we have touched, and we live on to God's kingdom in heaven that he has gone to prepare a place for us. And that is what gives us hope when family and friends and even ourselves one day, when it's our time, that our story's not over. And I just want to say that I felt like I was just kind of supposed to touch on that tonight that there is hope, that there is hope, that he has left and he is gone, but he has come back, and at the same time, he waits for us to come home to him. Um, I want to read the next, so you might be asking yourself, why would Jesus leave? Why would Jesus leave his disciples? If you, were, if you were one of them, maybe you might think that. Why would you leave me? We left everything for you, and now you're saying you're going to leave? And I love what it says in verse, um, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And again, it points this fact that Jesus left to prepare a place for us to go to the Father. And, and, and I love what he says, you know the way to where I'm going. And essentially, he says, I am the way to where, I'm go to where you will end up. And he also says in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if we believe that, and no matter what we're going through in life, he will lead us and he will guide us. If we cling that he is the way, that he has left, but yet we're not alone. So maybe you might be wondering, if you're like me, if Jesus left and he's in heaven, well, how are we not alone, Ryan? If he's, le if he's in heaven somewhere, then how is he also with us? Because all throughout scripture, 
it says, God will always be with you. Surely when two or three gathered, I will be there. One of my favorite, uh, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus himself says, I will surely be with you to the very end of all time. Hebrews 13.5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord goes before you. He stands with you. Wherever you go, he goes. There's all these scriptures, many, many more, that says God is with us. God is in us. We are never alone. But how is he with us? How is he in us if he's, if he's gone to prepare a place for us? And that's exactly what today's talk is about. So we jump ahead with me real quick, and we look at verse 15. I'm reading again through the NIV, and it says this. Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Check that again. If you, if, you love me and you, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and I will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I just, I just want to stop right there for a second. Jesus says, I am leaving, but I'm sending you the counselor. In some translations, it says, I'm sending you the advocate. I'm sending you the helper. And he will be with you forever. The world does not know him. The world cannot see him, but you know him. And then I love, do you know this flip? He says, I'm leaving. I'm sending you the counselor. But then he says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you catch that, guys? Do you catch that wording? He says he's leaving to go prepare a place. He's talking about the counselor, but then he comes back to himself and says, I will not leave you, and I will come to you. Verse 19, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. They who love me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, for he will obey my teaching, my Father will love him, and he will come to him, and make, we will make our home in them. They who do not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, again, he talks about the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you, and peace, my peace I give to you. And I know that that's a lot of scripture, but I just love how Jesus sets this up. And guys, this is honestly one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Because it reminds us that we can proclaim these songs, we can proclaim these things, that we are not alone and that God is fighting for us. And it's because we have the Holy Spirit. 
And guys, we as the Vineyard Church, and, and even before the Vineyard Church, um, I, I, so a little bit of my story, I was a huge partier in college. I got saved when I was 21. Jesus came into my heart and wrecked me in a radical way. And I, when I say wrecked, wrecked me in a good way, inspired me and lit me up, showed me that there was so much more to life than anything I was ever living. And in that moment when I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, oh, what's up? <laughs> hey, sorry, I just got sidetracked. Some peeps are here from work. Um, <laughs> I've, I'm, I've never been diagnosed, but I think I have a little bit of ADD. Um, so, uh, man, that, thanks for coming. Um, so, what, what was I saying? Man. Um, yes, thank you. I was in college one day, went a long time ago. Um, I, so, I was in college trying to do my, do my thing, and when I got saved, when I asked Jesus into my heart, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came. But I didn't know that. I knew kind of about him. I knew God and I knew the Father. Um, And in that moment, true hope came into my life, into my heart. But it wasn't until two years later, and I was actually at a college ministry very similar to this. And I knew I was learning the word and I was growing closer to God. And I went up for prayer time, much like we do after the service. And I went for prayer and I was just like, man, I'm feeling far from God. I feel like I haven't been doing enough because it was all about me. It was all about what I could do to get close to him. And this amazing man, a guy named Aaron Wardle, he just said, Ryan, I just, I just feel like we're supposed to pray to the Holy Spirit. And I was like, pray to the Holy Spirit? I was like, you can do that? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I thought he was just this ghost that walked around and scared people. Not really. I didn't know really anything about him. But, um, man, and I was like, okay. And I remember praying to the Holy Spirit. And I just said, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me with your courage, with your peace. And just awaken me to know that you are with me. And literally in that moment, it felt like I was getting saved again. And I already had the Holy Spirit in me because when we ask Jesus into our hearts, Jesus comes into our hearts by the form of the Holy Spirit. Because he's still in heaven, right? He doesn't come down in like this person form and like jump into us. But his spirit lives within us. But I didn't, I didn't realize that. I just prayed to Jesus And when I actually prayed to the Holy Spirit, asked the Holy Spirit to awaken me to the reality that he lives in me, something happened. And I remember in that moment, just being raw and real, I just started sobbing. And I couldn't even, like, explain what was happening to me. And, but after that was when the real difference came. I started to walk in, like, more boldness and more courage. And I had, I mean, I was, I was kind of a wimp. I thought I was, I was always nervous to talk to people about God. Um, I was just trying to do my thing, but this boldness came upon me, and this courage came upon me, and I did things that I never thought I would do. And guys, I just want to say, like, if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, one, he already lives in you. He lives in every Christian. But the sad thing is there's so many churches, so many ministries, and so many Christians that don't know it. And they're freaked out by him because they've seen some crazy guys, probably like me, scare the crap out of them. And they're like, I do not want to be like that, dude. <laughs> But I promise you, when you open your heart to him and you just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Every time we pray, he's here. He's here whether we mention his name or not. But we say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, take control and do what only you can do. And there's so many people that have came here from other ministries and and have said, Ryan, we are experiencing something here that we've never felt before. There's something in this place that I can't explain. And guys, that's not me. That's, I know the candles look fancy, but they're not magic candles. <laughs> it's nothing in this room or this space. It's not even Leah's beautiful voice. 
It's the Holy Spirit. And I believe he honors people and honors ministries and honors churches and honors people's lives that just make room and space for him. Think about if you gave someone a gift. Think about maybe the best gift that you could give to someone. Maybe, maybe it was your, your most prized personal possession. Maybe it was an amazing car. I don't know. But think that if you gave it to them and they never used it, wouldn't that make you a little sad? You would want them to enjoy it. You, you gave it to them because you want to bless them. You want to help them. But yet they never enjoyed it. Jesus left, guys, so that we could have the Holy Spirit. Like, I th think about how hard that was probably was for him. He lived with his 12 disciples for three years straight. He loved them like brothers. And then he left. But he said, I leave because it's for your good. But take comfort. Where I'm going, I prepare a place for you. And I will not leave you alone. This is my favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 14, 18. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And it's through Jesus, it's through his Holy Spirit that Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit is my connection to Jesus, and Jesus is our connection to the Father. Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. And then he leaves and he sends us the Spirit, and the Spirit is our connection to Jesus. And I know it can be kind of confusing, and, and here it gets even more confusing. It's one God, and it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I thought about this. I don't know if this is going to land or apply, but I'm going to go for it. So some people, my true friends, call me Rye because my family called me Rye and Rye Guy growing up. And some people who I don't really like when they do this, but they call me Otto. And so, so I can be Otto to some people, which is my last name. I could be Ryan, so like when I introduce myself, I'm Ryan, but then like my true family and friends who know me the best call me Rye or Rye Guy. So since I love you guys, you guys can all, all call me Rye. And if you're really lucky, maybe Rye Rye, because that's what Trev calls me. Um, <laughs> but that's, that, I'm the same person, right? But I have three different names, maybe three different forms. Otto was who I was in high school. All my dudes from football called me that. That was what I was known. When, when I went on the world race and I traveled, everyone knew me as Ryan. But my family, the people I grew up with, really know me as Rye. I'm the same person, but it's kind of, I have three different names that describe different versions of me. That's kind of, in, a, in maybe a small way, describing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know, did that work? Yay, nay? Maybe middle, middle, being nice. Yeah, thanks. Hey, love you, Rye. His name's Rye, too. All right. So, guys, I know that's a lot, and you know me. I love to tell stories. I don't. I love the Bible, but I, I just, I, I needed to read that for you guys. I needed to read that. So, so here's three points I want to land with. I'm going to show you some movie clips, and then we're going to call the real people you came here to see, which is the worship band. So <laughs> let's, let's be honest, nine out of ten people. Hey, what do you about, love about Alive? The music's freaking amazing. I love it. <laughs> Once in a while, if I take them out to lunch enough, they'll say, oh, the talks are great. They just <laughs> fill me up. <laughs> um, man, at least people laugh at my jokes now. Remember when I started and, like, no one laughed? I had to, like, pay Kundai to laugh. And, but, <laughs> so, but, man, it's taking a while. That's why I'm so, that's why I'm broke. Um, man, so, so three points, guys, I want to leave you with. Um, Jesus left to prepare a place for us. It gives us hope. It gives us hope for our friends, our family who aren't here, who go through hard times, and it gives us hope for ourselves. Second point, he gives us the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, Christ within us because of his presence, because of his spirit within us. I love Colossians 1.27. It says we are the hope of glory, Christ in us. And again, Christ is in us because his presence, his spirit, his life is in us. Um, John 10.10, Jesus says the enemy, a.k.a. the devil, comes to lie, kill, destroy. But I come to give life to the fullness, the life of life, the light of life, he says. And in John 8, 12, he says, anyone who, who will follow me will never walk in darkness again, but they will live in my light, the light of life. And he, he talks about bringing life to the full. And again, he does that, not by a magic trick, but by coming and living within us, by lighting us up, by showing us that there's so much more to life that we could have than the life that we normally live by ourselves. And then the third point is this, and I'm going to read one more set of scripture. And it's at the end of John 14, or we're going to go back a little bit and starting at uh, verse 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The works I say to you are not my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. And I want to stop right here because we've talked about, this is exactly why we're going through the book of John looking at miracles. You know, we, we, it, there's so many times when we see someone healed, when we hear about it, that people come to have faith in Jesus. And that's why I even wanted Abby to share a testimony about what God did in her life. Because testimonies are so powerful. Testimonies are so strong to show that I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You know, guys, real recognizes real again. I, I know I'm, I feel off tonight. I'm not in my flow. But, like, man, I hope if you leave with anything that you see this guy up there and these people here that have encountered something that is worth living their lives for for every day that they live, that is worth dying for because Jesus has came into my, our, our hearts and our lives and changed us from the inside out. He's changed us. He has changed us. He does change us, and he'll continue to change us. I haven't been, I'm not perfect, I'm not home yet. He's going to be changing me every day until I take my final breath and I, t I go home. And I go home to heaven. And I hope there's a party and a celebration that no matter how old I am, no, no matter how I go out, that I go out running after my father. That I go after running after Jesus, not letting anything in this world trip me up because the, the past is gone, the old is gone, and the new has come. And so I was saying, do you trust and do you believe that this stuff is real? Do you trust, even, even my coworkers back there who I love, like they know me and they, I don't, they're not, like they don't come here a lot, but we build a relationship and I think they like me a little bit, you know? And I'm probably, you know, I'm probably gonna take them out to dinner and say thank you for this. But they came to support me and probably show some love. But you know what? And I don't really know what, what they or us think about God. But you know what? At the end of the day, whether they, they believe in Jesus or not, I think they're going to see a guy that loves them and cares for them. And I hope one day in their life, they're going to know that that was a love of God in me. That that was a love of God in me. That would be there and do anything for them because they're my sisters and my family, just like all of you are. And that's not me putting myself on a pedestal, but that's Jesus Christ, the hope of glory through the power of his Holy Spirit living within us. So I ask you, friends, I ask you, family, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this one and precious life that we've been given? Are we going to live it for ourselves? Are we going to live for our own fame and our own name and die and not leave a legacy that's worth remembering and making an impact in others' lives? 
Are we going to believe that this book is real? Are we going to believe that Jesus died on a cross for our sins, raised again in three days, went to, the, went to the throne in heaven, sent his Holy Spirit to live within us, and Jesus himself, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, maybe in 10 years or 100 years, will come back. That he lives right now within us, but he's coming back one day. And we will see him face to face. We'll see him face to face when we go home to him or he comes home to us. Do we believe that? That this isn't a fairy tale, it's not a myth, but it's real. And if you don't believe it's real, I just want to say that's okay. Because I didn't either, I didn't either always. And I thank you for having the courage to find out for yourself it's, if it's real. I don't want you to believe it because I say it or a book says it. I want you to believe it because you can look back in your life and be like, you know what? I know science can't prove it. I know I can't see it. But there's something in my heart that I felt that no man, no woman, no job, no security could ever give me. I went, I, I've been blessed to travel all around the world, and I would talk to Muslims and Hindus and, and Buddhists. And, and you can't just say, they would say, well, how do you know Jesus is real? How do you know that he's the real God? And you can't just quote scripture to them, guys, because they have their own scripture. And I would look at them, and I would say, and I would build a relationship and a friendship with them. And I would say, you want to know really at the end of the day how I know Jesus is real? How I will bank my life on that he is God's son, and that through him we will, we will have eternal life? Because I've experienced him. And I just humbly ask them, have you ever experienced your God? Have you ever truly experienced a loving relationship, the tangible presence of the God that you believe in in your life. And they couldn't give me an answer. So I just say, if any of you are here, and you don't, if it's your first time or your 50th time, I just say, open up your heart, and I promise he'll come in, and he'll amaze you. I'm a living testimony proof of it. We are a living testimony proof of it. The scripture goes on to continue. Oh, where am I? All right. Lost track. Got too excited. He says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Here it is, guys. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even, they, not he, they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And I just want to land on this verse one more time. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have done. They will do even greater things than these. Jesus himself, the man who raised a man from a dead, the man who raised himself from a dead, the man who gave countless uh, people sight who were blind, uh, uh, hearing who were deaf, who healed lepers from leprosy, who healed the lame, who did, who turned wa uh, water into wine. That would be a sweet miracle to be a part of. Um, man, who did things that no other human could do says you will do the same as these, but yet even greater. And how can we do that if he's in heaven? Again, it's through his power and his presence and the Holy Spirit, the light of life that lives within us. 
that inspiration that gives us chills. The power of love is the power of his Holy Spirit within us. In 1 John, it says no one has ever seen God, but when we love, his presence and his spirit is made perfected in us, and God can be seen. I love Acts 4.13, after the the disciples get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, John and Peter go off, and uh, they see a man, and he's begging for money, and and Peter just says, money I don't have, but let me give you what I do have. And he grabs his hand, and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up. And it's a man, who, a guy who's never stood up and walked before, and he's healed by the power and presence and the love of God. And the Pharisees and the people looking were amazed because of the courage and boldness that Peter and John had. And they were known as not schooled men, not trained men. They were recognized as ordinary men, but they were recognized and known as men who had lived and been with Jesus. And I ask you, friends, at the end of your life, sorry, I'm talking about death a lot. It's really not death. It's just going to another chapter. What will they say at your funeral? What will you be recognized as? Will you be someone known who loved others, who helped others, who believed and lived with Jesus? Will you be known as a woman or a man who lived a legacy greater than yourself? Will you, make, will you be known as someone who has made a difference? And guys, the only way we can make a difference is through his spirit and his presence and his strength and his love living within us. I, I don't share this story to boast upon me because if anyone really knows me, I've been kind of a, a scaredy cat my whole life. But guys, when his, when his presence come upon us, he gives us strength, he gives us boldness that we've never had before. I uh, went on a thing called the World Race where you go to 11 countries in 11 months. And I'd only been outside of the country once before I ever did this. And I remember my family like, couldn't believe I was going to do this thing. I couldn't believe I was going to do this thing. And you have a backpack on. You know, you're, pr- you're, you're living in a tent a lot of the times. You're eating rice and beans. Uh, I lived in Africa for, for three months, uh, Asia for five months, and Europe for three months. And um, I remember I was in Nepal, India, not in, in Nepal, and um, we went to this, to this temple. It was called the Monkey Temple, like real talk, no joke. And uh, people literally go there and worship statues of monkeys. And um, we go there and, and they're, they're praying because in Hinduism, they, they, don't, they believe in like thousands and, and like millions of gods. And um, we're, we're there and people are in these temples worshiping. And some of my teammates are, like, taking all these pictures, and, like, something just hit me. And, and please hear my heart. I'm not about, like, fire and brimstone. I don't preach, like, repent or you're going to hell. But there was this vision that, like, Jesus says he's the only way to the Father. And I just saw all these people, and I thought about them dying and not going to heaven. I thought about them, like, burning in hell. And something, like, even right now, like, even some of my own family members, like, don't believe in God. And I can't make them believe in God. But I pray that I love them and live in such a way that maybe, even if it's a minute before they die, they think of my life. And they, they say, they, even if it's just the only hope that they have, Jesus, come into my heart if you're real. Because that's all someone needs to say. 
And I was so filled with emotion and passion that I walked away from my teammates, and I don't even know what happened. There was all these beggars on the stairs, and, and in Nepal and India, it, it's the real deal. Like, you could get arrested for things. You could, things could happen. you got to be careful. And, and this passion and this boldness just came upon me. And sometimes I would be in, in cities, and you go downtown, and you see weird people, like, preaching and yelling about God, and I vowed I would never be one of those people. And in that moment, just the spirit came upon me or, or it awakened me. And I just started sharing about Jesus. No one was even listening at first. And before I know it, I'm just sharing about Jesus and I'm being overcome in emotion. And there's a huge crowd around me. A huge crowd. And, and half of them probably can't even understand what I'm saying. And finally someone comes and, and, and they're interpreting what I'm saying. And, and, and these people are just looking at this white guy just crying and sharing about this guy named Jesus at the monkey temple. And, and my teammates find me, and, and they're like, man, they're moved, and they're inspired, but at the same time, they're kind of looking out for police because it was a scary moment, and we didn't know what would happen. But after that, guys, I just said, hey, does anyone want to raise their hand right now and ask Jesus in their life and ask Jesus in their heart? And there was 19 people in that moment, mostly teenagers, in Nepal, at the freaking monkey temple that asked Jesus to be their God and their Savior. And guys, I don't say that to gloat or to boast about me. But I say that, that was only done through the power of the Holy Spirit. That literally, you will speak words and it, there will be anointing and power to it. You know, Jesus says that you can do nothing without me. But he says, through me, you can do all things. And again, it's through his life and his light and, and, you know, as some of the football players say, his juice living within us, right? Some of the football guys are like, man, that guy's full of juice. He's got this passion. And Ryan Tuck always says, man, I don't know how you have all this juice, man, and all this energy. And I'm like, man, guys, sometimes I wake up, I wake up depressed, I wake up sad, but you know what I do? I freaking worship. And I worship and I speak out praise to the Father and praise to my Savior. And I say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Wake me up. Inspire me to live this day and give it all I have. Let me live it like it was my last. I think about maybe the coworkers that I'm going to see or the friends that I'm going to see. And I say, God, give me a word for them. Give me a smile for them. Let me inspire them in a way where they know it's you. One of my favorite verses is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It says, be a light, uh, be a light in dark places, a city in a hill where people Look at your good deeds and praise in God in heaven knowing that it's him. Do we live in such a way that we reflect the light of all life within us? Because, guys, we can't do it by ourselves. You can memorize this book. Some of my friends just, just watched the, the movie, The Book of Eli, and, and it's a very intense movie. But... I love the message behind it, and I love this scene when, this, when Denzel Washington, is, he's, he's read the book every day, but he has this moment where he says he hasn't been living what it's been teaching. He sees this girl in trouble, and he wasn't going to help her, and he had this revelation that you read the book every day, but you don't live it. This is just a book, but it has power by the power of the Holy Spirit that speaks through the book. I just recently heard when someone said, hey, when you read your Bible, don't read it as a book. Let it read you. And that hit me. I'm like, what? He said, don't, don't read it as a book. Let it read you. 
And if, if you let it read you, if you let God speak to you through it, not to study it, not to figure it all out, but say, God, speak to my heart in a way that only you can. So um, I want to end with this. You guys know I love movies and I love stories. And uh, I want to show you, is it okay to show three video clips tonight? It's kind of a lot, but I kind of mixed them all together. And uh, it's three movies. I'm definitely going to get made fun of for one of them. But hey, it's all, it's, I don't freaking care um, because I love it. And it inspires me. So if you don't like it, uh, sorry about your luck. But um, Andrew, Ben, can you hit the lights, please? And uh, as you guys watch this, think about this. Think about what it, these, the first video clip, what it would be like the one person you love the most to leave. But yet he still is in you. And the two other clips, think about what, what it means to have the Holy Spirit. Love this movie. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. like the winds are changing. Ah, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or... Learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! Good! Come on! Get out of here! <laughs>
Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. The belonging you seek is not behind you. It is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. Jamie saved my life. She taught me everything. About life, hope, and the long journey ahead. I'll always miss her. But her love is like the wind. I can't see it. But I can feel it. Yep, you guys know you like it. Come on, Trevor, Ryan, I know you like this movie. Man, I love that scene, though. And I, when I saw that, man, it wrecked me. And she said, I, he says, I can't see her love, but I can feel it. And it's like the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel it. And there's been so many times when I'm going through life, and a big gust of wind hits me in the face, or a gentle breeze, and I feel like the Lord just says, Ryan, even though you can't see me, I'm with you. Remember that I'm not alone. And guys, I just want to ask you, as we see the first film, and Simba, you guys know the story, his father dies, but he says, I'm still alive within you. Do we believe that even though our Father and our Savior is in heaven, he lives within us? And whether we shake someone's hand for the first time, we smile, we give them a no, a friend texts us at, at a random time, a song comes on the radio. There were all sources of hope and love to people, guys. That there is a broken world out there that people are alone. They don't feel loved, they don't feel known. All everyone wants is to, to feel known and let them know that they're not alone. And I ask you again, what will you do with this one and precious life you've been given? Will you live for something greater than yourself? Will you believe that the same power, life, and love that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? And when the storms come, because they will, when everything around us feels like it's crumbling, will we trust that our story's not over? Because his story's not over. And his story's not over, and it lives in us. And wherever we go, he goes. Jesus says, the wind is like the spirit. You don't know where it comes from and where it goes. But yet it lives in us. So my challenges are this. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, will you take a risk and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Do what, what you want to do with my life. Make me the person that you created me to be. And then watch what happens. This week, I would encourage you to think about the fruits of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And as we spend time in his presence, not just talking to God, but listening to God, watch how he fills your life. 
And then we'll go back to our past like Simba did and rewrite history because we're different people. We'll go home to broken families, to friend groups that used to know the old us. And they'll see a difference in our face. People from, from high school 10 years ago will follow you on Facebook and reach out to you because they're broken and they need a source of hope. And when we're unsure and we doubt, we'll close our eyes like the Jedi in that movie. And we'll feel the wind and know that there's more to life than seeing. But God's with us wherever we go. Will you stand with me? So Father, I just pray, God, that you would fill us with a boldness, God, that doesn't care what people, that we don't care what others think about us anymore, God. Father, as we sing this song, we pray it won't be just a song that we sing, but we pray that it will be our prayer, that your spirit will lead us places that our feet would never go, that you will give us a strength and a courage and a light and a hope where people see us and they see you. That God, that when we look in our, the mirror and look into our own eyes, we see a glimpse of your eyes looking back. That we'll know that you're not a fairy tale or a myth or just this make-believe story, but you're real and you're alive. And that you love us so much, you don't force anyone to love you. So God, I pray if anyone's here that doesn't know you tonight, God, move in such a way where they know it's you. Pursue their life. Shut doors that is hurting them and open doors that you know they need. And let them know that you chose them to be alive for such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place and we say, we open our hearts to you and we say that you fill us, God, and make us the people, the men and the women, the husbands and the wives, the fathers and the mothers, the brothers and the sisters, the people that you created us to be, God, to live for something greater than ourselves, to greater than our own fame or our own name. But let us live in such a way, God, that reflects your hope, that reflects your love, that reflects your life in this broken world, God, that people will know that they are not alone because they have us, and they will know that they have us because they have you, God. So, Father, I pray that you will do something in our hearts that lets us go to other countries, that lets us meet the homeless people right here in downtown Champaign and Urbana, God, that lets us talk to our classmates from other countries or our, or our friends or our family that are hurting and that are living for things that are tearing them apart, God. God, I pray that everything you've done in my life, you will do uh, in my friends' lives, God. And everything you've done in their lives, that you'll do in my life. And that we will encourage each other and give us hope to remember that there is more to life than what we see. So God, we ask to awaken us, God. Make us come alive in a way that only you can. And let us live this one and precious life for you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the miracle of your Holy Spirit.
Spirit. Close your eyes and sing that out. share something with you guys um, that's just kind of going on in my life and you know this is something very dear to my heart but I feel like you guys are my family and I want to be real when I'm leading you guys in worship um, but I got some pretty tough news um, over break that my mom has breast cancer and um, it's, it, for those of you that know my story you know, I've walked some trials and some hard stuff through my life already. And when, when I found this out, I, I told one of my friends, I had a weird peace in my heart. And at first I was like, how am I not furious right now? Like, this storm is raging around me, and how am I not feeling this pain? But then the Lord reminded me that no matter what's happening on this earth, whatever's happening in the earthly realm around me, even how I feel, none of that matters. Because what matters is that the Holy Spirit's in my heart. He's in my mind. He's in my body. He's moving through me. God is using each of us. No matter what this world has, no matter we're having a great day or walking through storms, God will never let us down. And this song is a beautiful exchange talking about that. And so we're going to move into a time of ministry. And so I just want to pray. And if you feel the Lord just moving on your heart, there are some amazing people that are going to be in the back that want to love on you and pray for you. And I believe 
the Holy Spirit's going to move in a powerful way during this song. So if you feel comfortable, I just want to raise our hands to the heavens. God, we are hungry for you. We want more. And we love you. And God, I thank you that we have this time where we can come together and worship you, even in the middle of storms, God. That through the storms, you are Lord of all. So, God, I pray that right now you will start to fill, fill your children, God. Fill them afresh again. If you've never, you know, something that we do here is, you know, the Lord fills us with the Holy Spirit. And if, if that's something that you want, I just encourage you to just press in even deeper. God, we're pressing into you. This entire night is about you. I just hear the Lord saying, take that step. I feel like there's some of you that maybe have never taken that risk, taken that bold step to go back and get prayer. But this is the safest place to do that. So Lord, we love you. Thank you that you're the king of our hearts. You're the king of our circumstances. You're the king of our dreams and our beginnings and our ends, God. You are the king of all things. So, Lord, we just pray for more. In Jesus' name. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, always my soul. Let the King of my heart be the shine. Never gonna let
from Cleveland, right? And uh, LeBron James, you guys all know of him probably. He uh, left Cleveland four years ago, and we were very sad and hurt. Um, but when he came back, it was like crazy. Like everyone's like, the King's coming back. LeBron's coming back. We have hope again. Maybe some of you have felt this, having Coach Lovey Smith come to the U of I and turning around the football program. And I had this thought. I said, what is it going to be like when Jesus comes back? That everything's going to stop. We're going to see him in the sky. And we're going to know that our king is back. And we are home. And guys, we sing this song because he has our back. And we sing for our king. So I've asked the band to play one more song. And I know we're going late. So if you need to go, we just say bless you. Thank you for coming. But we're going to end on one more song. And because the Holy Spirit fills us, he fills our breath and our lungs with his breath. He fills our hearts with his passion and our souls with his love. And he gives us strength to sing in the storms. That we can, we can hide from the rain, or we can learn how to dance in it. We can learn how to sing in it. We can say there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. There may be a storm going on right now, but I know a rainbow's coming. Because I know that my God is good because he's good because he's good. And he turns beauty, he turns ashes into beauty. He takes the hopelessness and turns it into hope. And he says, your story is not over because my story is not over. And my story is being lived out in you. So can we sing this song together as a family, as a group of friends, and say that we will have hope because his life of life, his living love and power lives within us. We love you guys. We bless you guys. After this song, our service will be over. We're family. Thanks for coming out.
you would just break through in this room right now. Jesus, that you would just fall on every heart. Until we taste and see that you are good all the time, Lord. That you are high above every circumstance. There's nothing too big or too small for you, Lord. In you is all fullness. don't have to do this alone. Lord, thank you that you've given us brothers and sisters to come up under 
as family and lift each other up. guys I hate to be that guy but uh, we are probably gonna get kicked out of the Y because um, we're really late so we love you and uh, we will see you next week and if you could help us clean up that would be amazing and if you could stack up the chairs that'd be great we love you see you next week Clay's gonna bring the word hey, hey guys pray for this too in two weeks we might be having a live outside on the quad so that'd be amazing for our last week love you peace boom